I'm glad you're here today because it would sure be a sad thing without someone here in the church building. And I'm glad that you're watching out there with Facebook and I don't know, Twitter and whatever else we're on. Are you glad this year is about over? You know, you could have been dead in 2019 and been spared all this year. I'm glad I didn't die in 2019. And I'm thankful we've made it this far. The hymn that Pastor Scott had on the agenda was... We three kings of Orient are. Remember that? We, we used to sing that at Christmas, and I'd think, when's this thing ever going to get over with? We three kings. But it's a majestic, beautiful message that's contained in, that, in the lyrics. It is a song written by John Henry Hopkins, 1857. And he, and he was one of the hymn writers that wasn't sick, ill, or hurting when he wrote the hymn. You know, well, all the ones, a lot, a lot of them that Pastor Scott have mentioned, they've either been near death in the hospital or dying or hurting. John Henry Hopkins, he was happy because he was writing this hymn for a Christmas pageant. Joy, a big pageant. So it's a hymn of joy. And you'll notice when you goes through it, the, the lyrics, verses 1, 2, 3, a progression of royal symbology. Royal. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I'll say a little bit more about those later. But the scripture that uh, inspired that hymn is one that you're probably real familiar with. I hate these things. Uh, Matthew Chapter 2, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Notice, after Jesus was born. It wasn't right after he was born. It was maybe six months to a year after it could be. During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him, the star. I always thought when I heard that hymn sung, We Three Kings, that these were kings. They weren't kings at all. They were Gentile sages, wise men. They were, they were uh, I'm trying to get a comparison. I was trying to think of the political scene today and get a comparison there's no comparison. <laughs> there, there's no wise men today that we know of that even compare to that. But they, they, were, they were highly respected Gentiles in their country. And they were revered as uh, kings, but they weren't really kings. That makes sense. Well, it, it will in a minute if it doesn't now. All right. There's some, uh, there's some uh, eye-popping verses here, and one of them is that uh, when King Herod was 
king in the land. And he heard the news. Verse 3, when King Herod heard the news, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. They were disturbed. When he called together all the people, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, he asked where the Messiah was to be born. And they answered, in Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. Who replied? The priest and the religious leaders were replying to the king, the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem, Judea. Why is that important? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> because the prophecy was known to the religious crowd, the Jews, that there was a Messiah coming. Now notice, they knew it. And they knew where he was going to be born. And these Gentile kings, we'll call them, the wise sages of Magi, they knew it. They knew there was going to be a, a, a savior, a, a Messiah. They knew about the Jewish prophecy. They knew about this prophecy. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd his people Israel. Little old dinky Bethlehem, sorry little Berg. <laughs> you know, what in the world could come out of there? Somebody said, Concerning John Bryant one time, what good could come out of that little hick town in Pomeroy, Ohio, in the hills? Well, we're still wondering about that. <clears throat> the, the, all right, here's, here's a kicker. When Herod, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me that I may go and worship him too. Liar, liar, liar. Now Herod was not the most credible man alive. Herod was a tyrant. Herod was a, a, a cruel dictator. And uh, Herod was a killer. Herod wanted to kill Jesus. Why? Because he was jealous when he heard the king of the Jews was going to be born. Herod knew the people might latch on to that. And he said, no, I want to be. I'm the king of the Jews. I'm the king of the whole land. Now, Herod was a, a force to be reckoned with. Herod, he had his wife killed. And two of his sons, because he suspected in his paranoia state that they were committing treason against him. But it didn't matter. I mean, what's one wife when you got eight more? <laughs> Herod didn't, didn't worry about it. You know, you could always replace them there to chattel. Uh, he was an evil man, to say the least. So in this account of the three wise men, the Magi, is the story of good versus evil. Oh my goodness, that, 
That's, that's something we live with every day. I mentioned it last week that we have this civil war going on inside us all the time. The old person against the new person. The old against the new. The Holy Spirit is fighting the flesh, so to speak. But God has promised us, shown us, and I could go to the scriptures, where we have the power over the flesh if we'll use it. Back to the story. <clears throat> After Herod sent them off to Bethlehem, he wanted them to come and report to him. After they had heard the king, they, the wise men, the magi, went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose ahead of them until it stopped over a place where the child was. That's Bethlehem. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed, and coming to the house where the child was, now I should say this. I think they, I'm pretty sure, Scripture indicates it, they came to Jerusalem, and that's where the, uh, the star was. I, I don't know whether it was Bethlehem or Jerusalem. I, I'm not sure. But this was sometime later. Sometime later. You know, Mary and Joseph were a young couple with a new baby. And who in the world in the right mind would take a, a new baby, a few weeks old, on a 120-mile trip back, back to Jerusalem? So it wasn't in Jerusalem. They stayed right there close to where the, he was born. Why is that important? I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I've been trying to figure that out for a long time. But maybe you can figure that out. We'll do some theological uh, writing and uh, we'll write a book. When, when they heard the king, they were on their way. The star appeared. They went to the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, the, the child, they were overjoyed. I'm, I wonder, in your history, the first time that you had any inkling that there really was a Jesus Christ, a Savior, you had any inkling of that, and you began to believe that, was there any, any joy in your life? Can you remember that? Can you remember that? Have you, have you had a time when you, you said, really, I, I just, I don't understand all this stuff, but I'm going to believe it. You see, the other war going on there at that time was intellect, academia versus heartfelt spirit. You see, the academics, the rulers, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, those were the academics. They pointed to where Jesus was, and they refused to go themselves. They didn't go. Think about that. That's the war that rages even today. Academia is fantastic. Look what we look at the technology. Look what we have. You know, uh, ignorant people don't build cell phones. <laughs> you know, I, I applaud. I thank God for for uh, education and knowledge, because without knowledge, 
what? You die. But never allow that desire to know exactly what's going to happen and exactly what it is to rule out what this you don't know that the spirit might want to do. Does that make sense? Sometimes we have to supersede, overpower that desire to understand and just open up to God and let God do something. Have you ever tried that? Have you tried to let God's spirit move you in such a way that you, you couldn't fathom, you couldn't, you couldn't dream in this world that you would ever respond or have an experience like this? Well, I don't think the, the Magi did either. But when they came, they brought those gifts, they knelt down beside the child, and they presented gold, frankincense, and myrrh to whom? Jesus. Nobody else was there. They didn't, they didn't give it to Mary. Thank God for Mary, but they did not present that to Mary. They did not deify Mary. They didn't deify Joseph. Thank God for Joseph. What a wonderful man. They, they deified Jesus. They acknowledged Jesus Christ. And that's what God, I think, desires from us. Not, God doesn't desire that we're perfect people. If he did, he wouldn't have anybody at all following him. God doesn't desire that we straighten up and change our life in order to be right with him. God desires that we acknowledge his son. To those that receive my son, to those I'll give the power to become the sons and daughters of God. And that's the message of the Magi. Bow down, worship. They followed the star, and we still follow the star, and the star has a name. Who is it? Jesus Christ. Follow the star, and you'll never, ever regret it. There's a message in the gifts, and I'll try to give it to you quick. Well, I'm, I've got plenty of time. I've got till two o'clock. Uh, <laughs> maybe one. The gold represents the royalty given to kings, the best of the best. I had a fellow, and I say who it was, that told me once he was making quite a little bit of money online or on the phone as a psychic. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I knew this guy. And he said, yeah, he's a pretty sharp guy too. He said, yeah, he said, they call in and uh, I get, uh, I get uh, $5 a minute. And he said, as long as I can keep them on there five, 10 minutes, look what I made in just a little bit of time. I said, oh, how's that work? And I said, well, what do, what do you say to these people? Well, he said, the men call in. Not many men call in, mostly women. But some men do, and he'd talk about men things. But when the women called in, he kept them on the line. He, he had it down pat. He said, I, I'd say, hey, hey, oh, yeah, honey, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. he said, oh, hold it, hold it. I, I see it, I see it, I see it. I'm connecting with you. What, what, what are you? 
I see, I see gold. Oh, do you, do you like gold, honey? Oh, yes, I like gold. Well, I see, I see diamonds. Yeah, I like diamonds too. And he'd go on and on and on. And after five or ten minutes, he ran out of things that she might like, but he's already pocketed $30 or so and goes on to the next one. Gold is everlasting. Gold is pliable. It's moldable. Gold is very, very precious. It's scarce. It's hard to come by. And that's why it's valuable. So you give the best of the best to the king, Jesus. And I know Herod just cringed. And he was ready to probably take his own life. Because they came and they found Jesus and they went home. They went home a different route. They didn't want to fool with Herod. He would have <laughs> repaid their kindness with uh, probably death. Frankincense. You know, in the scriptures all through the Old Testament, the sweet savor to God is mentioned. It's a sweet Mmm, savor, it's a sweet smell. When they burn the incense, frankincense comes from uh, the sap of a tree. They boil it, they, they make it hard, and then they burn it. And it smells good. And that represents the, the deity of God, that God is all-powerful. Frankincense is, is that sweet-smelling savor. That's what they used in, in the temple and, and before the altar. So they gave him frankincense because he is God. Here's God. God came down to us in myrrh. Myrrh is another extraction from a tree by way of sap that's boiled and made hard. And myrrh was used so much, much in embalming. In the olden days, they used it as embalming. Also used it as perfume. Can you believe that? <laughs> and they used it as a medicine. They would combine it with a swine. And, and that's, in fact, when Jesus was on the cross, hanging there, paying the penalty for your sins and mine, they put a vinegar, it's called vinegar, uh, sponge and put it up to him that vinegar was more than likely wine and myrrh to help him and he wouldn't take it because he wanted to experience the totality of pain and suffering he wanted to make it right perfect he never gave any uh, leeway for anyone to argue that he didn't pay a Total penalty for us. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Well, that's the story of the wise men or the magi. What does it say for you and me today? I tried to think about that all week. What does it say for, what does that mean for us today? Well, it's a great story. First, it means that God is God. And that the scripture is absolutely true, unrefutable, that the prophecies came true. And thirdly, it ratifies the fact that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, 
to all who would receive him, God reserves that power to allow the receivers or the believers to become the sons and daughters of God. Listen as Bruce plays the song, and we'll have the words on the screen, I hope, and as you see the progression of those words, thank God that this year is going to be a good year for you. Forget last year. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but when we know God through Christ, it's going to be okay. It is going to be fine. Can you believe that? thank you. If you'd like to stand for the blessing, I want to give a blessing today for you and your family for the new year. You know, there's some things going on in your family and even mine that we, we have no power to change, but God has all the power. So whatever's going on in your life or your family's life, let's give it completely over to God and allow the Holy Spirit to give you peace that the new year is a blessed year, regardless. Stretch out your hands and receive the blessing from God. In the name of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, may you, your family, and your friends be blessed with a freedom 
from a negative burden of the past. Know in your life that for you and your family, God has put all the broken pieces back together. And some may still be in the process of being put together. So as you receive this blessing, breathe in the power of the Holy Spirit of God and go from this place feeling better than when you came in and go out to live a life of joy, life of peace. And in your joy and in your tears, know that God loves you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Happy New Year, a few days early. <laughs> All right.